Welcome to Bipolar Bicoastal. I'm Anna. And I'm Maria. We're twins living on opposite coasts. Here to talk about navigating life while bipolar. Hey, Mia. Hi, Nanners. How are you? How's your cat? I'm good. He is eating next to me and making me very nervous. He keeps on... So as people may know, we record in our closets mm-hmm. and he keeps going to the door, coming back, going to the door. So I don't know if I'm going to have to take a quick pause to let him out at some point during this, but I also don't want him to be... The, his litter and his food is like in the same room as we record so i don't want him right. to, as everyone knows from the last episode uh, so i don't want him to be like stuck outside without them so we'll see he might hear some you'll think it's like a baby yelling at you but it's just yeah. uh kimmy crying so and i really thought that maybe he's the reason you get noise complaints you know i <laughs> he's the loudest thing in your apartment I that would be so valid. It just has never. It's never been about like oh, like someone like screams all the time. It's like someone walks around in wooden shoes in the hours of mm-hmm. midnight to four a.m. And while Kimmy does possibly walk around during those times, he does not, to my knowledge, wear tiny wooden shoes. Although that's an adorable image, and I would love if that yeah. was true. Or that I like bang on the walls, which again, unless Kimmy's like running into the walls, (laughs) probably not him with like a little like, (laughs) like battering ram or something. Have you considered that possibly there's like a leprechaun living in your apartment? Again, like, do they have like a heft to them? Like, I don't. (laughs) Yeah. No, they're kind of like nimble on their feet, I suppose. I know. Well, I definitely have. I tell you? Nope to say, I have a cat. That's all. Yeah, she has a cat. Yeah, yeah. End of the story. Did I tell you that we got our first noise complaint? No. Never gotten one before. The windows have been open 24-7 because it's so hot. I have heard that it's hot from you. Yes. Every time Confirmed. we talk. But we were watching Too Hot to Handle and yelling <laughs> at the straight people. Ironic. So that just took a long... And the windows were open. And apparently there's people in our complex who wake up at 3 a.m. for work, which honestly oh, seems like a personal problem. Though I do, my heart just go out to them. Also, <laughs> do you want to walk that one back a little bit? <laughs> no, no. There, there's construction above us and next to us, like because they're renovating the apartments yeah. next to us, and yeah. ice cream trucks all day. So it's like, why does the management get to make the most noise all mm-hmm. the time, but we can't watch a TV show at like 10 p.m.? Did the neighbors complain or did management complain? I think it was probably the neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. We have Ironic. been closing the windows during TV shows now. Yep. Yeah, that's probably for the best for everyone. Yeah, I think so. Ironic that it really was too hot to handle, so you had too to open the windows, mm-hmm, and truly. that's what got you in trouble. So there's a joke somewhere that I don't re- There's I never a joke found. somewhere that we're not going to dive into. Too much effort, really, for yeah. a very average show. Also, my favorite is Chloe. Who's your favorite? Oh, yeah, Chloe by far. I mean, she's the best. I, I did really little, like the yeah. girl who got kicked off. I know. I didn't even... I've only watched the first episode. Oh, okay. Sorry. Spoiler it, for everyone. Spoiler for everybody, honestly, but I don't really care. And then the Can other thing I was going to say is that we got Mini Cat a harness. Very cute. I did want to go back. Can you guess who probably mm-hmm. got kicked off? Who got kicked off? Mm-hmm. The one that I like who probably got kicked off. Chloe's friend. The oh, other no. girl with an accent. No. No, not the Irish it's a, girl. It's a girl. Um, I like the f- sorority girl. Is it her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like her because she got really mad about that guy being like, 
Francesca k- kissed me, and she's like, "You fucking yeah. piece of shit." That's not she's true. Loyal. They're gonna realize that this comparison, but she really reminds me of our friend from Long Island. <laughs> just like not their really? attitude or anything, just like the accents, just like cracks. Isn't me she up. from Florida? Doesn't she sound though like very Jersey? She does. She sounds <laughs> just like our friend she's from gonna, Long she's Island. Hate that so much. I know the Jersey thing. Is gonna I, fucking just kidding. Enter. Love you. She hates Florida and Jersey. I know. I was going to say the other exciting thing happening for me right now is that I did do laundry today for Mm -hmm. the first time since quarantine started. Literally since quarantine started. So that's, y'all do the math. It's been a month. Yep. At least, at least a month and a half. Mm -hmm. But how I started it. Have you just not been wearing clothes around the house? No, I don't have a very good privacy situation in my apartment, so I do have to be fully clothed. I've been re-wearing a lot of my clothing. Again, you guys can drag me on my cleaning and hygiene habits. Yeah, fucking go for it. But, you know, if it's not dirty... Don't fix it. But it did get to the point where it became a problem. Yeah. No, I get body acne when I re-wear my clothes too many times. Well, I haven't been, like, working out or anything, so that that I mean, helps. you have been, but I guess not in the clothes that you're wearing. Yeah, or, like, not that often, or, like, not that sweaty. Mm-hmm. Yoga. Yeah, yoga. Biking. Jogging. Well, yeah, and the ones that I've, like, again, those activities have happened a minimal amount of times, so. That's fair. It's yeah. quarantine. Yeah. All right, well... Should we get into it? Yeah. So this episode, we're doing my diagnosis story. We did Anna's last week. And the week after this one, we will be uh, releasing an interview with our mom that we did a few months ago. Um, really yeah. Good. So we thought there's there's some stuff in my mom's that references kind of like what I went through. And so we thought it would be a good idea uh, to kind of like spell it out timeline wise, what exactly happened with me, because Anna and I had pretty different paths to diagnosis um, mm-hmm. in our manic and depressive episodes well mostly our manic episodes look different so i Mm -hmm. thought i would just hopefully semi-briefly go through everything so that everything that we talk about in the future like kind of is contextualized and makes more sense to y'all yeah and i also want to say this episode is also really difficult to record we already tried once yesterday Mm -hmm. and it's just hard there's things about do you want to talk about, like, why, like, specifically, like, this one was difficult? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I mean, mine only happened, I only got the diagnosis two years ago, or actually less than like two a years year ago. Like, a year and a half ago, yeah. Yeah, my manic episode started around this time in 2018, and so it's just kind of difficult because there's still, there's a lot of stuff that I blocked out. It was just, like, it was much longer than the average manic mm-hmm. episode, um, and certainly longer than Anna's, and so, and I didn't have Anna's experience of like having depressive episodes before or like other diagnoses and like having taken other medication and stuff like that I hadn't had that experience so like for me the only diagnosis I've ever had before this was generalized anxiety disorder and it was like pretty well under control I only had two panic attacks in my life over the course of four years and so getting the diagnosis and was like to me it was just mostly like nothing clicked there was no like relief it was just kind of a negative yeah and like yes and then um I think I was just like kind of ashamed of like how I spoke to the people that I loved and like treated them during the time yeah 
Yeah, and I, like, had remembered parts that Anna remembered, and, like, that was hard. It's kind of a weepy episode for us. Yeah. Uh, trying I, to record yesterday. It it was hard for me to listen to. It was, like, a, both of these times were, like, really hard for our family, but with yeah. mine, it was so apparent that something was wrong, and, like, yeah. it was a really scary thing for me to go through. Yeah. So and it was a much shorter time period of when I was manic to when I like got treatment. Yeah. That worked. So like it's just a different experience and mine like Maria said my diagnosis was clarifying and like a positive thing and mm-hmm. it was really hard at the time and like really hard for a lot of reasons but it was also helpful. Yeah. In this case there had been no I don't know. It just Yeah. It's just different and like hopefully yeah hopefully we can do a better job of getting through it this time and i don't know hopefully this is helpful for people who've gone through less well not less extreme less ones that are more similar to your story than to my story i think they're just very different agreed and hopefully i can keep my ego in check like sensitivity in check and listen yeah I'll try to be like less traumatic. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And... <laughs> so we're recording this on May fourth, twenty twenty, and this story begins on March thirtieth, twenty eighteen. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when my manic episode started uh, because I sped up, I think, a bit sl- slowly. Uh, so there was a frisbee tournament that we went to in twenty eighteen. Anne and I both played frisbee in college. Uh, and so we were, like, going to an alumni tournament called Fool's Fest. And that was March 30th, 2018, that weekend. And I don't know for sure that I was manic or hypomanic during this time. And we're going to use those interchangeably during this because I've never gotten mm-hmm. an official diagnosis. I don't think it really matters that much for mine. Bipolar is bipolar for me. And so, anyway, so I was kind of, like, more excited and like outgoing and stuff like that that weekend than I normally would be like I did an mm-hmm. entire easter egg hunt by myself around <laughs> yeah. fields remember and like yeah I like bought a bunch of stuff from the dollar store which is like not like me yeah and actually I guess I made everyone do the bachelorette party but I think that was before this Anna and I did something with our friends where we pretended like one of us was getting married um and went to different bars in DC Honestly, to get attention and and free drinks was really fun. It was really fun. <laughs> Not very convincing because the sashes looked like shit, but... How dare you? I got serenaded as a bride-to-be at karaoke, so... That was so funny. We never that even was... got to sing a song. No. We, we were like menaces that night. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Write in if you want to hear more about that. <laughs> and then... There's nothing to do with mental illness. No, I don't think I was sped up during that night at all but who's to say who's to say i was very drunk <laughs> Sorry. i was not <laughs> but i did lose my house keys anyways so anyways then two weeks later okay and then that the week after that i had i was on set for a horror movie an indie horror movie in virginia and i lost my voice over the weekend because of yelling which isn't that unusual for me but it was a night shoot, so I was shooting nights, and, and when you're bipolar, your circadian rhythm is really important. So, like, mm-hmm. for example, people, when they're traveling on airplanes across different time zones, that can trigger episodes. So I suspect that this didn't help. Mm-hmm. And then, so that, that was happening then, and I was, like, very hype and, like, not sleeping a lot. But obviously, like, not sleeping a lot wasn't, like, so unusual because I was working so many hours, you know, like, 13-hour mm-hmm. days. And then 
Anna had a housewarming party on the 14th of April. Mm-hmm. And the party was very fun. Great job, Anna. And then the day, that night, I, like, couldn't really sleep. And so I, like, went for, like, a really long run uh, around D.C. And if you're from the area, I ran from Columbia Heights down to the mm-hmm. Tidal Basin. So really far. Yeah. 6 a.m. And I called my mom and I was like, oh, I want to buy a car. I have all these like creative ideas I've been having and mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned. I haven't really been sleeping that much, I think, because I'm not stupid. I was like, I think maybe I this could possibly be me speeding up because obviously Anna and I are twins. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was a possibility that I had bipolar disorder despite being asymptomatic up to that point. And so my mom was like, okay, we'll call Kaiser and just see what they think. And it was a weekend. So I called Kaiser and they're like, did a little intake with me and I guess I answered the questions fine and then I was like okay and they're like we'll try to see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. like on Monday or whatever and it was I think it was Sunday and so then yeah Sunday. my mom called Kaiser freaking out they called me again I got really frustrated and annoyed because I didn't want to have bipolar disorder and I was annoyed that she like Mm -hmm. to my mind went over my head and then our friend Elena we went and got brunch with everybody who's at the housewarming party the next day you stayed over and our friend elena was like to anna right she was like oh i think maria might be speeding up correct anna yeah like maria might be manic and i also want to say the speeding up and the manic also use interchangeably yeah yeah and so then i guess anna called kaiser they called me again and i was just like uh they yeah. kept like trying to intake me i really didn't want to go to the hospital obviously mm-hmm. so yeah so that was like kind of a stressful day and that night uh, Anna convinced me to do like a teledoc appointment with a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, just try to see somebody next week, right? And they didn't mm-hmm. give me a diagnosis. I was going through some like stuff in my personal life at the time that was also difficult that could have been like, a stressful trigger as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Spring madness is also a thing. People tend to be manic in the spring. Be manic or have episodes during the spring. Okay. And then <laughs> that Monday, I suppose, Anna and I went to a psychiatrist in person Mm -hmm. and he gave me a prescription for Seroquel and didn't make a diagnosis at that point and I tried taking it he just so I would sleep and so I tried taking it but I think the dose that he gave me was just too high um since I have like a pretty low tolerance because I don't drink it at that point I wasn't like never like taken any sort of drug before it was pretty bad and I passed out in the shower and so I stopped taking it and I think also part of it, too, was that, sorry, not to interrupt, mm-hmm. part of it, too, was it was acting really fast after you took it. Yeah. The timing of when you were taking it to when you were, like, needing to be asleep wasn't quite there. I think that's because, like, you weren't really in a place when you got the prescription to, like, hear and be able to follow those instructions because you were already yeah. manic. So it's really hard, obviously, <laughs> to, like, know what to do with it after you get it. That seemed to be kind of Part yeah, of the I do. Too. I do want to push back on that a little bit though, because mm-hmm. he gave me the same dosage that you were on, which is mm-hmm. like 200 milligrams. And like when I actually did get everything sorted out, like I had to taper up on that. Yeah, I do think it was like a lot for somebody who's first taking it, and like within 30 minutes of taking it, I was incoherent. You know, so I, yes, I'm sure that like if taken correctly, it would have been slightly better. But I think. To, to me it was way too high a dose to start somebody out on yeah and again like since we're saying specific numbers these are obviously all things like that your actual psychiatrist totally. should yes. be talking through with you yeah yeah this is all for me personally how it affected me i'm now currently on 200 milligrams i'm not saying like it's a bad dosage okay so then 
And you know what? Who knows what would have happened if I kept taking it? I have no idea. Literally, so. no idea. It didn't happen. Literally, no idea. It didn't happen. <laughs> Can't we really um, <laughs> Okay. And then, um, yeah. And so then that's kind of like the last big date. The whole rest of the summer, I continued going to group therapy and talk therapy that was individual. Mm-hmm. I was in a group therapy for young adults for a while. I really enjoyed it and it helped me with other things that were going on in my life. It helped me handle some of the like conflicts that were starting to arise in my life because it was really hard for like my family and friends to be around me at that point. I was like some of my symptoms for example were like risk taking like normally I'm like a pretty level person. I don't really like get in arguments or get angry very often. But during that summer that was definitely like not the case. So I was like talking really fast, not really listening to other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I was like super charismatic and stuff like that and kind of like aggressively sometimes. I don't know if I was paranoid necessarily manners, but like I definitely like didn't assume the best of everyone all the time. And I did present again like people who were close to me who suspected that it might be bipolar disorder. I Mm -hmm. resented them saying that and like making that yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say paranoid but I would say like you were very convinced that you were right about things Mm -hmm. and you weren't really open to hearing other opinions or other like takes on like what was happening to you yeah yeah which like again it's not very that's like not really how I normally am well yeah and even if you had been it was like at a level that wasn't yeah that wouldn't have been normal for probably totally Yeah, and so those are kind of, like, my big symptoms. I, like, spent money. Like, I started an LLC, mm-hmm. like, bought a website, and, like, uh, bought a car, which I had to do anyways, and I love her so much, so I'm not going to, like, disparage <laughs> yeah, Tina, Tina. but Don't bring Tina into this. <laughs> I won't. But, like, just if anyone's ever buying a car, it's better to buy it during the winter because people don't buy cars as much then. Same with houses. The prices are lower. And... <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I know tip. you guys come to our podcast for the car buying tips, and we are not delivering them, and, uh... I think now is a great time to buy a car, too, because nobody's traveling. That's... Who knows? Yeah, guys. Let us know. Right <laughs> in. Do an expose right on that. Um, I know it's a great time to buy a pontoon boat. Mm-hmm. We do know that. We do. I'm positive about that. First-hand information on that one. First, a source. We have a source. We have a source. And so... <laughs> we can't name so our anyways, sources. Yeah. I was just, like, having a summer. Like, I was having a time. I was, like, biking all around D.C. I was meeting all these new people yeah i was like like i cried a lot and like got really angry a lot and like didn't sleep a ton lost a lot of weight yeah you weren't sleeping or eating a ton mia what's that term that we learned like mood label oh is it liable liability yeah you had a lot of that like up and downs with your mood yeah and i was also i want to say like i was also like really upset that Anne and I weren't getting along that well like it really took a toll on me as well we were both like really upset that our relationship like wasn't going wasn't... great that summer yeah yeah I think we were both really disappointed that we weren't able to like be there for each other in the way that we wanted to yeah and I think for our family and this is speculation but I think it is know that I was frustrated by this but I imagine it was kind of frustrating for my mom to have already gone through this and like we didn't yeah. have a plan in place for me and like scary I think because mine was so dramatic it was like when is Maria gonna get to that point I think yeah and trying to prevent that and like it never got to that point though with you I mean spoiler Mm -hmm. it never got to that point but I I would also say like you were having like a real like hot girl summer like a real you were 
you know, doing a lot of really, like, out, like, you were being really outgoing, like, really, like, yeah. meeting a lot of people, like, having, like, a lot of new people in your life, and so, like, yeah. that's where it's kind of complicated, because it wasn't, like, a holy again like a wholly negative thing and yeah. it also wasn't something where you can be like oh my god she's like a danger to herself or others yeah. like yes you were doing things that were uncharacteristic but they weren't yeah. so extreme that someone would be like oh my god that person needs to be hospitalized and i yeah. think that's also where a lot of our family's like response to it kind of didn't yeah i don't know like that didn't didn't work because we were used to, like, the best case scenario being, mm-hmm. like, someone gets voluntarily hospitalized yeah. immediately after they start showing symptoms. And, like, that just wasn't going to be on the table for you. Yeah. And, like, honestly, like, who knows if, like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows if I had voluntarily took the hospital, like, what that would have, you know, what would have come of that. And so I yeah, guess I was, like, you, very lucky who, that I was, like, mm-hmm. safe the entire time and, like, didn't hurt anybody and, like, nobody hurt me. Yeah, and, like, honestly, who knows if you would even, like, taking your medications after you had gotten out of the hospital, too. Like, it's just impossible to know. It's so hard to know, and, like, I don't know if, like, maybe Seroquel would have, like, brought me too far down. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been any number of scenarios, and, like, I don't want to play, like, those, like, what-if games, because, like, there is a lot of stuff that I'm pretty ashamed of that I did that summer, and, like, I would like to kind of, like put it in the past because there's like there was like a lot of positive experiences i met like a lot of awesome people that i wouldn't have otherwise met yeah but yeah it was hard it was really hard summer and wait sorry can i put a tiny asterisk again like we're not doctors we don't know like if sarah cool could bring someone like yeah yeah again like i have no idea doctor about medication okay no idea yeah so, like, another thing that I want to, like, briefly touch on is, like, we talked about this a tiny bit in the Modern Love episode. If anyone wants mm-hmm. to go back and listen to that, it could use a listens. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say one of the coolest parts of being manic slash hypomanic is, like, I had never had the experience before where I assumed everyone I met liked me. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, just, like, a relief. Honestly, like... Everyone should try to cultivate that in themselves because it's such a pleasant way of going through the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, like, the dichotomy of me being so aggressive and angry and, like, quick to anger and, like, agitated combined mm-hmm. with also feeling, like, really at one with people. Yeah. It's interesting. So that was kind of the worst part about my depressive episode was it's – okay, well, I'll just actually move on to that yeah, and I'll go and get into it then. I would yeah. say, too, like, you did those, like, worksheets and you, like, found so many things that, like, you loved yeah. about yourself during that time. Yeah, and that's I mean, also I came part out, of why, like, that was amazing. Yeah. And that's, like, again, like, part of why it was hard to, like, see it, like, to, in the yeah. beginning to pinpoint it as, like, maniacs. It was, like, there were some, like, really, like, you had a lot of, like, these, like, mm-hmm. great ideas, like, great yeah. feeling, like, you're just feeling yourself so much, so it was hard yeah. to view that as, like, a bad thing. Yeah, no, like, this podcast was kind of born out of that. Like, I started seriously thinking about what it would take to, like, make a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's like, yeah. And I think also th- that kind of pushed me to move to Los Angeles. I mean, there's, you know, 20, how old was I? 24? 20, 23, 24. Because our birthday Wait, was in the middle of it. Yeah, 23 to 24. I mean, there's you're changing a lot during that time in your life anyways. And I was... It was, there's a lot of, like, I I became an associate producer during that time, which I never got to do before, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of pros, but ultimately, like, I'm glad that 
I got the diagnosis and I got help and that I know that if it's untreated a lot of times like the episodes get harder and harder and harder so I am happy ultimately that I got diagnosed but I do want to like acknowledge why people tend to not seek treatment when they're manic and instead seek treatment when they're depressed yeah and like as good as it was for like your spirit as you will see like for your body it was pretty brutal yeah for my health I mean I lost so much weight I wasn't Mm -hmm. really sleeping more than like six hours a night which is really unusual for me and just like myriad other health things were happening during that time period including on the week before the week of like the like the second week of first and second week of July Mm -hmm. I was on a shoot in uh rural Virginia and staying like at a hotel and stuff like that and I got really sick. Mm-hmm. I had what was later diagnosed as strep throat, but my tonsils were in my throat was like incredibly swollen and closed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even do my job the last day because it was so hot and I was so weak, which is not a great look with with an out of town of crew. And it was like a a really big TV show that I was working on. And so, anyways, I was so sick that the other person who was from DC had to like drive the van all the way home mm-hmm. and so I was like Ugh. And so I called my mom she's like please go to urgent care so I did and thank you mom and so I went to urgent okay. care huh? I will say I told you to go to urgent care before then no no you listened to mom you didn't listen to me uh, mine well, was earlier but it was it's before okay. I left I just wanted to go what? to shoot yeah it but... had to happen in the time that it happened you know, everything happens for a reason, and it just God's happens plan. when it's supposed to happen. It's God's God plan. When you make plans, God laughs. Because <laughs> he has the plan. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so the theology Ur- hot takes. And back. <laughs> so we, I went to urgent care. Uh, they like observed. They like gave me like liquids and stuff because I was super dehydrated. I had trouble eating because my airways were so blocked. And, yeah, and so Anna and our friend from Long Island, who we previously mentioned, they came. She was visiting from out of town, and mm-hmm. Anna, Anna <laughs> from D.C., our friend was out of town, and eventually, like, they, like, did a strep test. It came back negative, I believe, but, and I wanted to just, like, leave and take medication or whatever, but they were like, no, like, your airways are too closed up we're nervous that you will stop being able to breathe in the middle of the night so we're gonna take you to the hospital Mm -hmm. so i got to ride in my second ambulance of my life Mm -hmm. which is fun i got hospitalized too but like i didn't get to go with you yes total bummer i went by myself i know (laughs) it was like four blocks but not four blocks it was like it's like not that far yeah i went to the hospital uh, I forget what it's called, but the one in Columbia Heights, it was literally a block from my house. Med um, MedStar? MedStar. Yeah, I think I want to say MedStar. Which is a, can hospitals be named MedStar? But that's... I don't know. I don't know. It was that one near um, Howard. And so anyways, well, I went there, Anna and our friend were like running after you and like, bye, Marissa. Yeah, and I, I think, Anna, you are saying that you were kind of relieved because you thought that like this was kind of like, was going to be like the turning point for me, maybe? Yeah, we were hopeful. And also, that person came straight from, like, Union Station to, like, meet you at, like, the urgent care. Yeah, we so were, like... ridiculous. Yeah, we were really hopeful that that was going to, like, you being, like, forced to lie down and, like, eat yeah. and, like, take fluids for a while was going to be helpful. 
and it was so helpful that <laughs> I became depressed in the hospital. It's true. How fun is that? That's so fun. Yeah. And I just like spent the whole time eating jello and watching the staircase and growing steadily more and more depressed. And Anna was actually so helpful during this part because I thought that I was just like I don't know, I just thought that, like that like my life had gotten like measurably worse and you're like, you know, Marie, like what you're saying to me, it kind of sounds like maybe you might be depressed. Like does that sound like something that you would think? And I was like, Oh fuck, if I'm depressed now I was manic this whole summer, wasn't I? And you're like mm. I told you so, but I, I was so embarrassed. I was like, "Oh my god, I hate being wrong," but whatever. It was just—it's the worst. Like I told you so ever. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it's also my too pride. though. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. It's a hard. It's hard going from mania to depression, anyways, and like mm-hmm. especially when it never reaches like the scary levels like it did for me. Yeah, it's hard. Like. It feels good to be manic, and then it feels really yeah. shitty to be depressed, so. Yeah, and it's my first, I've never been, I've never experienced anything like it. It's awful. Depression is mm-hmm. awful. And yeah. it was just terrible. Like, I, I, I guess I'll just go into a tiny bit of my symptoms when I was depressed. I was like, I mean, I still couldn't sleep. I was so anxious. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get off the couch some days. All I could do was listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. We had agreed to all go to a Frisbee tournament. Later that July, mm-hmm. I had put down, like, a chunk of money for, like, the hotels and, like, the tournament fee, and then everyone started backing out, and I didn't want to fucking go to it. I felt awful. Yeah. So, like, I had to, like, call the hotels and, like, get my money back and the tournament get my money back, and, like, I was like, I don't have any money, which wasn't true, but I, you know, I had spent more than I'm, I'm used to over the summer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, had to go home and live with my mom, and I, like, I couldn't stand to be alone, which was, like... <laughs> frustrating because I had really enjoyed my own company when I was manic. I ate nothing but like ego waffles for a few weeks. It was just like mm-hmm. terrible. Like I lost even more weight and I know that sounds like yeah. dramatic and like like oh my god like oh no you lost weight but like it was a lot. I was like as skin- skinny as Anna was when she was in the hospital and like yeah yeah and, and anyway so that's like kind of a smaller thing. The, the real the real awful thing was like I've never felt hopeless before. Yeah. And just, like, the deep hopelessness of depression. I was so miserable. Yeah. And, and like, it was really helpful. Like, she let me hang out with her all the time and, like, with her cat. And, like, <laughs> I didn't let you. I was happy to have my sister back, honestly. Well, you let me, like, mope around with you and your, like, boyfriend at the time. Like, oh, my God. Like, I was, like, truly, like, I was, like, there's nothing. I have nothing going on for me. Well, no tea, no shade, but it was honestly, again, a lot easier <laughs> being around you. Yeah. When you were depressed for me just because you were listening i don't know we could just like actually talk again which was nice yeah but we i was really it was, that was fun that was fun it was really it was really hard seeing it because like your self-esteem was so low and your self-confidence was so low yeah but it was also nice being like okay like we've gotten over like the hump mm-hmm. and like now we're getting through and like mm-hmm. yes like the depression's like scary but it's also like you're like not like <laughs> more like agreeable but like you're like listing again and like we can like you yeah. know like you like you like you think there's a problem now so we can solve I was the problem open to that was what it was yeah yeah huge blow to my pride and my ego <laughs> huge like, yeah and, like, and so then yeah yeah so then i went to the psychiatrist like soon after getting out of the hospital and I got uh, the same guy. I got on a lower dose of Seroquel and Lamictal, mm-hmm. which he tapered up. 
And so I was sleeping, at least, again. And, like, a lot of people that I had met that summer, like, really were, like, super supportive of Mm -hmm. me when I was depressed. And, like, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so then we went to our friend's going away party. And, yeah, and, and then I started a new job, and I worked there for three months. And I still wasn't out of the depression, but it was a little bit better. And I was able to function, at least. Uh, and then I got my limit dole increased, and I've been stable ever since. But it was a doozy. And so just for those of you who are keeping track, so that was this whole thing took from, like, March 30th to, like, getting my diagnosis on the 20. 20- 1st of July, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then sometime after November 6th, I saw the psychiatrist again and finally was able to get my medication increased to the point where it lifted me out of the depression. So, yeah, I've been stable since like about the second week of November 2018. But it took, I guess, let's, let's count the months April, May, June, July, August, September, October part of November so about seven months months. yeah seven Seven eight months months, so pretty frustrating uh that it took that long but you know every journey happens for a reason and I am grateful that I was able to you know work during most of that and function pretty pretty well and now I know I'm I know if it happens again I I know what what's happening and I'll be able to rely on my friends and family more than I let myself do last time so I feel pretty good about it I have a lot more safety things in place and a lot more support systems that are aware of what's going on in place as well so yeah yeah, maybe that's huh maybe on another on, on another episode we'll do like our like contingency plans yeah that would be cute cute (laughs) yeah and i also want to say our next episode with our mom is pretty heavy but the one after that is very funny and so if (laughs) you're like getting depressed by these ones don't worry we have fun ones for you after yeah and also like thank you for sharing me like i know that was not easy and like yeah, I just like, want to, again, like, emphasize, like, even though, like, it wasn't as, like, dramatic as what happened to me, it was definitely as hard and as serious, like, yeah. for you to go through. And, like, mm-hmm. there's no easy, like, there's no easy journey to getting this diagnosis. And the one that you had definitely wasn't one. Like, yeah, getting hospitalized for, like, not taking care of your body because, like, you're ignoring your bodily cues because, like, you're feeling so good is just... It's, like, it's just as severe as, like, any, you know, anything else. And, like, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah, it was really hard. (laughs) Yeah, I'd also like to shout out with the group therapies that I was in during this time that Mm -hmm. Kaiser puts on. One was a young adult group therapy, and one was a life changes group therapy. The young adult one was awesome for, like, obvious reasons. The therapist who ran it was really good. The young adult, the life changes one was amazing because it was a bunch of middle-aged to, like, a little bit older people who are like retiring or like moving in with their kids or like going through breakups and I've never talked to people that age like so personally about their stuff Mm -hmm. um and I was like by far the youngest one there and I really enjoyed it and I think that if you can do group therapy at any point finding a group that you enjoy obviously is like really good but also just like hearing everyone else's stories and feeling Mm -hmm. less alone like I really do think that that's like such a nice thing to be doing for yourself and especially if you're in kaiser they do a lot of them and you can also find bipolar support groups if you'd like something more specific yeah we'll we'll put that in the show notes 
Yeah, and or like friends and family of people who have bipolar disorder, you can also find support groups. So there are resources out there, and I think that maybe with Corona, they they might look a little bit different than the traditional like in person settings. But I I imagine manners that they have adapted somewhat, and that there are still things out there. Yeah, I would imagine so. And at the very least, there are like chats you can go on, like on online. Yeah, um, so, like yeah. group chats yeah so i think that's about anything else Nanners. i think that's about it for my story yeah just that i'm happy that you made it through that and i'm happy that we made it through that stronger stronger than ever yeah after getting my diagnosis the biggest high point for me besides being stable and and i are a lot closer now because we more fully understand what each of us went through being the sister of someone who had a pull disorder and like is going through episodes and being the person who's going through them. Yeah. Hopefully we're doing a good job conveying it, but you really yeah. don't understand until... Like, I resented my family so much after yeah. my manic episode, even though that they were great during it and stuff like that, just because Thank I felt you. so misunderstood and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. And then seeing it from the other side and seeing how yeah. hard it is to be, the like, the person who is watching, like, their loved one, like, go through something so, like, yeah. scary and so, like... yeah. Yeah, just, like, wanting to protect them and not being able to. It's really hard, Mm -hmm. so. Both really hard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Oh, and I want to say that I didn't get an official type of diagnosis. I either have bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. Different therapists and psychiatrists have said different things, and I don't think it matters to me right now because I am stable, and they seem kind of like more distinctions made for medical professionals than necessarily for... Yeah, for the, insurance, probably. For insurance purposes, probably. So, yeah, it doesn't matter either one. I That's that's what I have. So And I have not had any other episodes besides the one manic or hypomanic and the one depressive. Knock on wood. Knock on wood so far. I'm sure, I'm sure at some point we'll have... Or I'm Ugh. not sure. Perhaps at some point we'll have other ones, but for right now we're stable. Yes. That'll be fun for you guys to listen to us speeding up or becoming depressed on the podcast. Yeah, gosh. Let's not have that happen. Let's not do that. (laughs) Okay, do you have any voice memos? No, but I do have a highlight of the week. Okay, let's do highlights. So I remember when we gave Laura a sushi-making kit back in, like, middle school. I do. She loves sushi. I know, and then she never used it, and then she gave Mm -hmm. it back to me when she... Oh, really? Did um, she? Yes, moved, and then I used it for the first time this past weekend. I was wondering how you were making sushi. I didn't think that you had a kit. Yeah, that's how it didn't turn out great, but I did turn out, and I also made bubble tea, and that was my highlight of this past week was doing those two things. My, I guess my highlight of the past week was all of the support and love you got after sharing your diagnosis story. Well, that was so sweet. Thanks so everyone sweet. who reached out. That really meant a lot. There was like, yeah, a few in particular which like really touched me because it was people saying really difficult things that they didn't need people to. People being, but I, yeah that I really appreciated them saying. So thanks for everyone who reached out and who talked about that. And it definitely made how difficult it was to record that episode way worth it. So thanks everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like having people be so vulnerable with us, it it's made it so much easier to be vulnerable yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. And I also want to say, like, I've been, like, I don't know, I, like, got very weepy over the last one, and, like, when we tried to record this one yesterday, but, like, I definitely was just determined to do this because I feel like, Anna, you are so much more vulnerable on the podcast than I am, and I really wanted 
I imagine that there's other people who have had stories that are more similar to mine than yours. And I wanted to make sure that I was just being as honest and as real as you were, because even though it was less of a crisis point as quickly, it's still a hard diagnosis to have. And it still like takes a toll on the people around you. So I just wanted to like, a like kind of the first one that we recorded, I felt like it was more like divisive between you and I. And I hope that in this one, I want to like thank you properly for like everything you did for me, especially when I was depressed. Well, it was my pleasure to do it, honestly. And like, thank you. You did the same for me when I was going through my stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> remember that weekend where we just binge listen to um, S Town? <laughs> oh my god, like, it was so much fun. We definitely yeah. got in like a few fights, but yeah. It's also horrible because I was just going through a really hard time. But um, yeah, I don't know. We're there for each other. And I also want to say, like, I don't think I've been any more or less vulnerable. I think just like mm-hmm. the nature of some of the things that we've talked about has yeah. been different for each of us. But um, thanks everyone for listening and thanks for being, I don't know, patient with us. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, do you have any um, like media recommendations from the week or anything like that? Bipolar related or? Well, just in general. I <laughs> just l- finished listening to Jessica Simpson's memoir on audiobook, and I mm-hmm. really liked it. I mean, she definitely says a lot of things that I don't agree with, but she's been through some really tough times and, like, has had a mm-hmm. lot of struggles and has, like, a very good perspective on things. So I think that she is worth listening to, although I do think that she makes a few too many excuses for the men in her life, but I also understand why she does that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to recommend two king princess songs okay one hit the back and okay. one talia do you know who king princess is definitely heard the name before okay she is a young singer or musician actually i'll say living in los angeles who she's gay and her songs are really fun and i recommend watching her music videos and stuff like that right now because they're they're very like poppy and fun and at the same time like deep and delightful Oh, it's a good review of King Princess. Thank you. Uh, if if you're gay, if you're like a gay woman, you've already listened to her entire discography, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but yeah, yes. <laughs> I am new to her, which is embarrassing. But here it is. Well, that's more embarrassing for me. So if I'm recommending bipolar media, I really like Kurt Vonnegut's son, Mark Vonnegut. He has bipolar disorder as well as mm. being a physician. And he's incredibly insightful. And he has a book called, was it, and it's just like someone without mental illness, only more so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's the best, to, for me, that's the best book I read about being bipolar. And, and mostly it's a incredibly fascinating analysis of the American healthcare system from someone who's been on both sides of it and also has seen the healthcare system become a for-profit industry over the course of many decades. Yeah, that's a good one for like, yeah, my favorite book about maybe that helped me like, mm-hmm. like that helped me understand your version of it a lot more mm-hmm. was and that i read during that summer was mm-hmm. marbles right by, by ellen, ellen forney forney marbles mania depression michelangelo and me just because yep. she has a lot of fondness for her manic self mm-hmm. that i didn't have but that you have so yeah i think that's like a good a good one if you're trying to understand people who talk fondly about that yeah or who like go off their medication because they want to feel yeah, like again, which is not what you did, but like that yeah. is a very common thing. I think that she also has, sorry, she also has like a self help book mm-hmm. that she came out with about 
managing bipolar disorder. Which will so maybe yeah, which is really good. Maybe we'll do like a little roundup at some point. I mean, our as point, we mentioned yeah. before, like our modern love episode didn't do that well, but we've been getting people recommending different bipolar media to us. So perhaps, perhaps we'll do ones that have maybe a few um, different things that we're reviewing in each one, and, and yeah, maybe like at the end of an episode or something. Or yeah. like a face, or like a Facebook post. I don't know. Oh, we're posting yeah. like articles on our Facebook group now. The last one was about the difficulty in diagnosing bipolar disorder for psychiatrists mm-hmm. and how hard it is c- yeah. to like figure it out, if especially if someone's coming during not during one of their manic episodes, because mm-hmm. you have to kind of trust. And this is like kind of like the the theme or like the takeaway of like these last mm-hmm. episodes. Like you have to kind of trust that like someone's account of what happened is like what actually mm-hmm. happened and like their memory of something like is correct or their family and yeah. friends accounts of it is correct and if you know that's hard to do or you have to be like i don't know like the baseline of this person so i don't know yeah. if this behavior is normal or not so i think that's really interesting and i like i we learned that new term kind of yeah. <laughs> livability from that and stuff like that so i think definitely worth going to our facebook page at facebook.com slash bipolar by coastal and looking at that and hopefully other interesting articles that we post yeah maybe we'll like post like questions like polls and stuff like that that would be fun yeah and then also uh, we have an instagram at bipolar by coastal and a gmail where you can write in with anything uh you can feel free to dm us as well that's totally fine at bipolar by coastal at gmail.com that's our gmail mm-hmm. and yeah thanks as always to mia thoreau who did our tile art hannah dorfman who did our music and eb davis who made portraits of us and did our cover art for our Facebook page. Exactly. Please, please, please rate and then share with whoever you think might be interested or benefit from hearing it from it. You won't be, like, violating our privacy at all by doing that. We really want yeah. us to reach as wide of an audience as possible. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you want to review and let us know what we're doing well, what we can improve on, that'd be great, too. And or just hit so five stars for us, because that's really just, easy. Just review it. Read it. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening, and thank you in advance for being kind and gentle after she was so vulnerable with everyone. Goodbye. Bye.